everyone, Tyler Tambolin here, aka Totag and Tambo, back for another edition of the Thursday Night Football Picks and Bets Show here on the Mail Media Network. Of course, as always, this show is brought to you and presented by PrizePicks.com. Head on over to PrizePicks.com, use promo code MMN, and get yourself a hundred percent deposit bonus up to your first hundred dollars. You guys know where to find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Can add me there. Hit me up if you have any further questions. But today we're gonna get right into it. We've got. A lot to talk about here. We've got a good game, I think, for fantasy, for betting, for everything that we're talking about. I think it's going to be great. We just saw this in week eight. It's the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, this time in Carolina. Total is 44, and right now the Falcons are favored by three. So should be an interesting game. Talk real quick about some of the injury stuff off the top before we dive into those prize picks, just looking at it. So Chuba Hubbard, full practice on Tuesday. He'll come back. He'll eat into Deontay Foreman, who we know had a very good game the last time these two teams played. So we'll see how that plays out. Sam Darnold was activated off the IR. Now, they still have P.J. Walker starting. They pronounced him the starter for this one. Baker Mayfield did come in. So this is an interesting note. He, You know, at the half last game, last week, P.J. Walker was benched. And Baker Mayfield came in. So interesting for fantasy and whatnot. We'll talk more on that later. And then the last thing we're waiting on, really, for at least for me anyway, but A.J. Terrell in the secondary for the Atlanta Falcons still did not practice on Tuesday. So we'll have to see what happens with him. I Again, their secondary secondary is bad, no matter what. We've talked about them in the past here. But again, if he's back, it would at least help a little bit, maybe, for a guy like D.J. Moore or something like that. So Let's get right into it. Let's go to these prize picks. I've got two for you this week. The first one, and this week we're going both overs, I should say. So the first pick for prizepicks.com this week is going to be Corderell Patterson over 62.5 rushing and receiving yards. So it's both. I like the over on the rushing yards. When you go look at it right now, he's over 49.5 on just the rush yards. The only thing I worry is a little bit is they still have Algier there, who they seemingly like a little bit. They still gave some snaps to Huntley as they eased Patterson back in now I say eased he still got 13 attempts he got a target he got two touchdowns different different definition of easing back in at least what I was thinking from a fantasy perspective but when you look at it from this spot here if I put him in with the rush I think he can go over the rushing yards go over the 62 and a half number with the rushing yards alone if putting in the receiving yards into it is fine by me based on that you could bet either but I like this one to give me that buffer for some check downs or something where he could just take one 25 yards through the air and next thing you know those rushing yards aren't as hard to come by at that point to the 49 number that you're looking for the other prize pick so over 62 and a half rush receiving yards for Corderell Patterson second one Terrace Marshall Jr. over 36 and a half receiving yards go look at this 53 87 31 and 30 are four of his last five. So he's right there. Even the two misses are right on the number pretty much very close. And that 87 yards was against Atlanta just two weeks ago. So 36 and a half seems way too low here. As as I said before, a very bad secondary. If AJ Terrell's out, opens it up even more. Even if he's back though, I, like I said, think he would spend more time with DJ Moore, which would open up for Marshall. And they've been going to him plenty, especially with PJ Walker. Could it change if uh, Baker comes back in or something like that? Yes, but... For me, I like those two. So for my two prize picks gonna, for the week, it's going to be one, Corderell Patterson, over 62.5 rushing receiving yards. Two, Terrace Marshall Jr., over 36.5 receiving yards. And I think that's going to be good. Like, I think these two, we can go two for two. If you want to substitute out the rush receiving yards for Patterson for just the rush over 49.5 and you feel better about it, by all means. Like I said, if you look back, he got 13 attempts. At the start of the season on the ground, he was getting 17, 22, bigger numbers. So... You feel more comfortable with that, you can go ahead. I just like having that buffer in there because I think you'll get there on rushing yards alone for the 62 and a half. 
but I like having that extra buffer in for the receptions. All right, let's move on to DraftKings, guys. Before we get right into DraftKings, I want to remind you another spot that you can find me, of course, rumpiersports.com. If you guys haven't got over there yet, now is the time to do so. I talk about it week in, week out on here, definitely, because it's my home. I love it, but I will say this. On an absolute heater, I won again on Thursday Night Football last week using a lot of what was right there in my attack plan on the site for premium members. So go to rumpiersports.com, use promo code RPSHEATER25. It's for the monthly plan. So you sign up for the monthly DFS plan, you get that 25% off your first month, get in, all sports, one price, hop in that Discord community and check it out. It's going to be great and lots going on with football basketball's back, been crushing NBA, just everything they've got, all the sports, one price, so check that out. Let's dive into DraftKings. I think last week we had it pegged pretty good on the show, ended up going even better that night once I dug into it a little bit more, but looking at it last week, we talked about the opportunity to put a guy like Goddard in your captain and have a balanced structure where you don't have to go to all these different punts at the bottom, and that was how everyone else was building. Last week, it was Philadelphia at Houston. Houston, of course, with three tight ends and then activated a fourth after this video was recorded, put another guy in the mix. You had two to three on the other side with Goddard, Stoll, and maybe one more if they were going to play him for Philly. So lots of different punts. And then, of course, Boston Scott, Gainwell, the receivers, all of those things where you could mix and match some of them, but without getting too crazy. And I think we have a similar slate for that here. I say it all the time on this show and in all the content that I do regarding Showdown where people just want to play every punt. They, oh, I need to play some of this guy. Oh, if I just get this guy, it's it's FOMO, right? If you're missing out. If I play this guy and he hits, I'm going to have the nuts. It's just not even true. Even if you get that one-off random guy to hit for eight points for 200 bucks, first off, it doesn't even mean they'll be in the winning lineup because oftentimes you'll see all six guys with double digits or more. Second off, and you can use that first example, by the way, just going back, I just thought of this, but the, the Quintorantino guy from last week, they got the touchdown for Houston early on. He was 200 bucks. He got a touchdown. That was awesome, but it didn't end up in the winning lineup because it was just something that that was it for the game and everyone needed double digits. So you can get it in a lot different ways. Really, it comes down more to roster construction, picking the right captain, setting up your rules and getting your captains to make sense. Like with Goddard last week, I had Hertz in the flex. So again, everyone does it differently, but just some tips and thoughts that I'll give you for this week. Talked about it off the top, 44 point total. Atlanta favored by three. We will get to captains in the flex in a second, but just looking at it, remember historically what we see. What? Sorry, let me say it this way. Remember historically what people say. Every time it, there's, a, there's a high scoring game and week, in, sorry, in the first game of a division game, people say the second one always goes under. First of all, the numbers don't show that completely. It does show that there's usually an adjustment made, but we've seen high scoring go to low scoring. We've seen low scoring go to high scoring. And at the same time, they both could just shoot out again. So, it's always tough how you build. I like building, and that's what the attack plan I do over at Run Pure Sports, where I build maybe in sets. Maybe it's 50 lineups for this game, you know, for a shootout, 100 lineups for the under, because I feel like that's going to be the bigger way. So two different sets of lineups to make up my 150 in MME, but I'm setting it up for two different game scripts. You can do that as well, and you can shrink it down as much as you want. If you've got three lineups, I like to commit to something versus one this way, one that way, one that way, but to each their own. I know the guy on this past Monday Night Football was a Rumpier Sports member. He shipped outright for 500000 came on one of the shows on the Rumpier Sports YouTube channel and said he had six hand-billed lineups. He was in for $90 to ship the five hundred k and he said that it was the last build he made. He just decided he wanted a Drake captain, and that was for the Baltimore game on Monday Night Football. So you can do it how you want to do it. I'm just suggesting my ways, and you can apply them. If you have 20 max, you can do 
15 and five or 12 and eight. It's whatever you feel comfortable with. If you like a couple different game flows that you can get after, but that's just some strategy stuff off the top. Let's hop in here and go look at these captains, right? We've got couple things I want to consider. So first off, the guys that I like up top for sure. So Mariota right now, again, very affordable and his pieces are affordable too. So Corderell Patterson, I'm going to talk about in just a second, but just going to Mariota first, 15-3, he's much cheaper than Patterson. And then on top of it, you've got a setup where his receivers are much cheaper as well. So when you go to the flex and go down to Drake London, he's only 8,200. He's under the average remaining salary from what you start with. Obviously, once you put Mariota, that number comes down, but just to talk about that, you've got him, you've got Pitts even less at 7,000. You can go down our guy, Pat Mayo, his guy, Demir Bird, he likes to bring up when we talk about this on the Friday shows on this channel. And Demir Bird is 4,400 bucks in the flex. So lots of ways to go. And I'll get to some more in a minute, but let's go back. I said I would wait. I'm not going to wait. Let's go back to Patterson for a second. I think it's a big discussion here because who did Carolina just face? They just faced Joe Mixon who broke the slate and scored five touchdowns and all two, 200 plus all purpose yards and everything like that. What did Patterson just do? We talked about it off the top. He didn't get all the workload, 13 carries, one target, but still got a couple of touchdowns. So that stands out. And then of course you saw like, again, this matchup, what we just saw last week, people are going to put that in their mind. He's also the most expensive captain. It's very, but at the same time, he's very affordable at that. So when you, in the sense that when you, sorry, He's not very affordable. He's 17-7, but he's affordable in the sense that once you put him in with those other cheap options, like if I go Patterson, you don't need to go Mariota at that point. So you go down, let's say we're going to go next to PJ Walker. And now we want my guy, let's say Terrace Marshall Jr. We'll go to him. He's 8,400. You still have 4,700. And now you got something down here where you could play some of these punts. You could play a defense. Uh, Pinero will be popular as the kicker. Coup will be popular as the kicker. And you still have 6,100 6, left. So it's just a point where Patterson can easily get put into the captain here and he likely will. You have to make the decision on what you end up doing with that because that's going to change the game flow. I like doing it where you sometimes just build the ones you like with him and then just move off it and be completely underweight on the slate. Others will say, well, look, he's going to be the number one captain on this slate. I want to jam him in all of my lineups. That's a personal decision. I don't like him nearly as much as the guys I'm going to mention. I already started with Mariota and being able to stack him up. Not only that, he runs. So when you've got Mariota up at the top, he's a leverage play off of Patterson because he can run in those touchdowns and take them from Patterson. He can run on the ground like Justin Fields style last week and take away from his running back that way. So he's just a perfect leverage play, even if they have equal ownership. With Mariota, he's not a guy that spreads it out a bunch. So I know who to stack him with, and you can stack him with at most one receiver. So you get at least one, or you can get him with two receivers, three receivers, whatever you want to do. I feel like one to two is the perfect number for Mariota. Another guy, Pitts. Not going away from the strategy now. What does Pitts do? He's only 10,500 in the captain. Now I say only. I said it earlier with Patterson. He's affordable, Patterson. Not only. He's 17-7. Pitts, though, only 10-5. You still have almost the average. You got 7,900 left per spot here. You likely want to plug in going down, just going to the flex. You likely want to plug in Mariota. Now you say, okay, who do I want from the other side? Okay, I want the other quarterback. I'll go with Walker. Then we'll go down. I'm going to talk more on him in a second too, by the way, but just going through it. Now you go down and say, okay, I want to get one of his receivers and Tambo keeps talking about Marshall Jr. Let me go to him. Now you have almost 5,700 with two full spots left. This build is what I was talking about. And it worked very well last week with Goddard. You have great plays in Pitts, Mariota, Walker, and Marshall. And if you don't want Marshall, by all means, it's not that much more. DJ Moore is only, not that much more. You get it? Only $9,200 
to go to him here, and you still have over $5,200 remaining for your final two spots. So all I'm saying is you have tight end one with his quarterback, tight end one being in captain and Kyle Pitts. You have DJ Moore with his quarterback, PJ Walker, and you still have two spots left. You don't have to go down and punt now if you don't want to. You don't. You, you can't get, at this point, you cannot get Patterson in the lineup. If I go back for a second to put Marshall, still can't get Patterson. So that solves that problem where you know you won't have a Patterson lineup. And at least as of right now, when we're on here talking, it looks like Patterson could be as owned as 50-60% in this game. So keep that in mind when you're building as well. Just having him out of that lineup is massive leverage on the field, but you're also leveraging in a different way because again, Pitts would likely, if if he gets two touchdowns, that's two touchdowns that Patterson can't get, obviously, so on and so forth. So just keeping that in mind, all I was trying to say and what this worked for me last week with Goddard was this keeps you away from having to decide on all the punts at the bottom that people are going to make a name for over the next day and a half. You're watching this on Wednesday evening or Thursday morning. All day, check the content everywhere you go. They're going to, oh, this guy's 200 bucks. He can come into play. Oh, this guy here is just under 3,000. Like you can, able, you can be able to get to him. Maybe it's his week. And they'll make up so many stories for each of them. Oh, Miko Pruitt caught a touchdown a couple weeks ago or last week out or whatever it was and you know, a few weeks back last week, he got a target. So maybe he's in the mix. People will do this all day. It's not to say I wouldn't use them in my MME set of 150. I'm not saying don't use them. I'm just saying if you want a way to get away from it and not have to worry about that, you can still build good lineups without looking for the diamond in the rough. I talk about it all the time in golf DFS where people think, oh, I got this 6k cheap golfer. If he just makes the cut and does well for me, I'm in the, I'm in the green. It doesn't even guarantee you'll, you'll cash. You still need six to six. Likely you still need the other guys to come through. You probably need the winner. All these factors where everyone just thinks looking for the diamond in the rough is the key. It's not look for the diamond roster construction in the rough. And that's where you end up finding the winner because that's what I had last week with Goddard. I did not have a Philadelphia pass catcher. I had Hertz. Then I had Gainwell, who was squeezed between Scott and Sanders, who everyone was talking about. And then on the other side, most weren't even doing the 3-3 build, so already that was different. 3 Philly, 3 Houston. I had the quarterback, I had Pierce, and I had Moore. And it was Davis Mills, the quarterback, obviously. So when you had the quarterback, his running back, and what I thought would be his wide receiver one, he was priced as his wide receiver one, I, I thought he would get the slot work, which he did, all those factors. That just set me up where I had a unique build, but I didn't have to go crazy and get off the board. I actually had some of the best players for all the teams. Gainwell, sure, but he's the younger guy in a potential blowout spot and all these factors where it was easily to, it was easy for me to see that it was possible for him to get the work. And you take that risk on and it's in the 150 set, but still that just shows the type of builds that you want to get after. Some other captains right quick, just going after it here. Uh, Hubbard would be interesting, I guess. I want to hear more on his workload and whatnot, but he's 8,700, the starting running back, going up against Atlanta, practiced in full. So if he returns, even though it will likely be a split and all of that, I mean, man, it's pretty cheap for a guy that could be the starting running back if they are going to put him ahead of Foreman again and just say, go back to your old role. If not, Foreman's there at 11-7. I know some won't play any on a main slate. I'd be concerned because of the split. On a showdown slate, not concerned at all. If you want to set a rule, I would at most one. That's up to you. I, I would set it just because I think with the pricing, it restricts it a little bit more versus if you have like a $8,000 tight end and a $200 tight end, I don't care. Even though they play the same position, it doesn't take much for the $200 tight end to hit. When you're talking about these guys, even just in the flex, it's 7,800 and 5,800. It's a bit expensive and likely one is going to eat into the other. So just keep that in mind. Lastly, both kickers. I looked at it before the show, but let's just say you go with Koo. For the other side, because they're the favorite, Atlanta's there, all of that. Now you can start plugging in 
Patterson, Mariota, P.J. Walker, 8400 for Terrace Marshall. You still have 3700 bucks left, so it might be a bit much, but just to point it out, at least it's an option if you wanted to go there to fit more in. And really what it shows is to get Patterson and both quarterbacks. But the other thing I will say about this is expect a lot of duplication because once people go here, there's not as many full punts on this slate. They likely end up with those big three, Patterson, Mariota, and Walker. Excuse me. So one thing I would suggest is don't have to do this, but I know, and I wouldn't do it on all of them, but you could also do it where if you wanted to use kickers in the captain, you could set it up so it's at most two of Patterson, Mariota, and Walker since it's easy to fit all three and that's where people will go. The number one running back would likely, you know, not likely because Algier and Huntley are technically there, but it's likely that he takes on more workload than last. He can still do it. They used him in the red zone already and he should be healthier, no setbacks, etc. So you'd get him and then both quarterbacks. If you separate them, even though you don't have to because you have the money, at least it would get you a different roster construction and probably leave some salary on the table so you have that in your favor as well for just more chance at a unique and it can still make sense from a lineup perspective also. So I think that's it. The last thing I want to talk about is just in general, before I go to the flex spots here, mention a few more guys, but the quarterback situation, we talked earlier about it with Walker getting benched for Baker. I'm not advocating to go play a backup quarterback here, I don't think, but I'm just saying in general, it would worry me a little bit. So for that example of the kicker captain, I just said it actually works quite well where I'd have no problem leaving PJ Walker out of it because what if PJ Walker stumbles through, has a bad first half again and gets benched again. And now you might not need him. You might just want his receiver and one of his running backs, right? Maybe Hubbard is back in the mix. And, and now you've got a bunch of money left over that you can do whatever you want with. So little things like that is where you'll leave money. You'll get different. You won't have the quote unquote big three of the two starting quarterbacks and the main running back at the highest price tag on the board period for the week in your lineup. So I don't hate that as well. Um, that's, I think going to do it for this part, guys, for flex. We'll talk about it. Um, guys like DJ Moore, Drake London, they, to me, feel way better in the flex. They don't really have these huge ceiling games. Like DJ Moore just had one, of course, but that was a, a 17 point Hail Mary play at the end, or he was dead. He was actually losing points scored DraftKings raw points to Terrace Marshall Jr. at that point of that game. So again, you can't take it away from him. I'm just saying the point being you you're counting on a lot more out of them. I think we see it out of the quarterbacks fitting more into the flex, getting off those punts, roster construction, all those reasons why I just don't love them as much at the top. They could fit in if I can't find other options, but the ones I talked about are my favorite options. So keep that in mind. Um, Demir Bird, Mayo's guy. I talked to him earlier. If you want to use him in the flex, I've got no problem with that. If he catches a 60-yard bomb at an overpriced, like he's 4,400. If you look at his numbers going back, 0, 15, 14, I mean, if you, you could see even the games he was getting like the one target, it wasn't doing much. These last couple games he did okay in, then that's fine. So I got no problem going to him. I, I think, like I said, I just think he's a better flex. For me, if you wanted to put him in the captain, you could, but it would be very, uh, very risky. And you're probably waiting all game for that 60 yard bomb or something to see if it happens that way. I mean, even in those last couple games, just having a quick look at it here, three catches, like the other one was a 75 yard touchdown. So week seven against Cincy. 14 and a half points, it was the exact play, the 175 yard touchdown. Week eight, six targets, three receptions, a touchdown. I mean, he needs a lot to get there in the captain, I think, but he is affordable and cheap enough that you could go there if you wanted. I don't really see much else here to talk about. Again, Olamidi, go back to him if you want a couple of targets. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with his workload exactly, as you saw. Algier, Huntley, separate those guys. It's likely that if you know, one of them could still get there, but it's going to be away from 
Cordell Patterson, who should get the majority of the workload here. So little things like that as you're going throughout. I don't think we'll see a lot of defense getting into the lineups, but I actually have no problem with it. It is two bad quarterbacks that could slow down or make mistakes. So I wouldn't hate the defenses either, but realistically, that's what I'm seeing more this Thursday night football slate. So let's move on. As we always do, we do catch uh, you know a little bit of this main slate. We want to talk about it some here and just go through it position by position. We'll save the defense. I talk about this all the time on the show, but you guys can check out Pat Mayo and myself here on this very channel. If you haven't yet done so while you're watching this, hit the like button. Helps me out for engagement. Push the video out there. Hit the subscribe. Helps you get free notifications of all the shows, videos, sports, everything Pat's got going on on this channel. So our show on Friday will have a full breakdown for DraftKings, ownership, exposures, stacks and secondary stacks, defense, all those factors that you guys want to know. And we'll have much more information leading into the weekend. So check that out. Let's go back. Let's look at quarterback here. We've got a couple things to note first off. First off, Fields absolutely broke the slate last week, destroyed it. He got a price bump. Crazy thing is, though, it's not that much, and especially for the matchup that he's in. So he's going against the Detroit Lions. That's been, uh, you know, everyone's feasted in that matchup. And now you've got a spot where he only went up to 6,500. So still very affordable. I think he'll still be the cash game quarterback. He'll still be popular. People are going to try and replicate what they saw last week, like stack him with Mooney and Komet, run it back with a Monra. That That's going to be popular. Maybe it gets there. I'm just saying that's what I can see already happening. You can see it just from the numbers, looking at the pricing, how you can run out a lineup and just do a preliminary look at it right now. It, it looks okay. Josh Allen at the very top, he's nursing an injury, but it sounds like he's going to play through it. So he'll be in the mix, but I don't think people will go to him because he's 8,600. The injury scares people off. He'll have a Q tag pretty much all week, if not all the way up. You've got guys like Mahomes, Tua, Dak, Fields, Cousins, some of those guys down below that others will go to. So I think they'll be looking more so there. It's just something to note. And then Lawrence is on the opposite side of that Mahomes spot. And we get to tight end. Kelsey is obviously back on the slate with the Jags going up against the Chiefs. So we'll talk there. But I think just looking at it again, you go back another good week. I talked about this last week. His average is 17.2 last week or something like that, or 17.0. And now he's 17.1 after putting up almost 18 last week. But he gets there, right? Like if you just look at it again, what do you have? Uh, rushing yards, 53 yards on the ground. This is with a fumble that he lost. This is, you know, a, a very mediocre game, but I think at his price tag, again, with how easy it is to stack, I'll at least have some interest. And he's on the opposite side of $7,900 Mahomes. Remembering that any Mahomes, Kelsey, let's say Christian Kirk or Etienne lineup, which we'll talk about in a second, you can just swap him in instead and get a little bit different build. It works better if you're off Travis Etienne Jr. because he'll be very popular again for this matchup. Going up against KC, that'll segue us over. He is only 7,100. So again, you go back to the workload last week. It went up again, 28 attempts. He had two touchdowns on the ground. I think he should have had a third, if I recall correctly, and another 29.6 fantasy points. The price went up $800. Probably not enough. The matchup's still good. He'll have opportunity here. He's cheap enough. With everything I talked about earlier, it's very easy to fit. So something to think about there. But again, if people are going to go Mahomes, Kelsey with ETN, you could go Lawrence, Kirk, or something like that with Kelsey still and do it that way and save yourself some money there and make your lineup using similar spot and guys just a little bit different. So keep that in mind. Barkley, another guy I want to talk about. He gets this Houston matchup where everyone just keeps crushing it. We saw last week, I mentioned it, Gainwell, Sanders, the week before that, Henry just dominated all season long, really. Don't need to go on. I'd have to list everybody, but they get crushed. 
and someone called them this. I thought it was funny. Crush like ants, text Houston, text ants. Yeah, they are uh, a team that gets absolutely destroyed on the ground. So again, Barkley, a little bit disappointing lately in the sense of 15, 20, 18, 19. It's not really what you would expect or what you'll want for $8,600, but at home in this matchup, very affordable, should get popular for good reason. He looks very good on paper. Tennessee, uh, Derrick Henry just continues to cr- to truck, and it's early for him. We usually talk about him and putting these winter tires on. It's not close to winter yet. We're getting there. Mind you, don't want to rush it too fast, but 27, 39, 20, 30, 27. Getting, you know, the last couple weeks, they've weaned him off the targets a little bit, but before that, he was even getting targets. So keep that in mind with Derrick Henry. Could be a nice little pivot there in this spot at home against Denver. Just want to hand him the ball and just jam it through all day. So interesting to note there. Here's where it does get a little bit crazy, though, at wide receiver. You have all the options on the board. I can't remember a week, actually, this se- yet this season where we've seen this many guys, 8,000 and up. So we've got starting at 9,100 down to 8,000 ty- in this order. Tyreek, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins. So a lot of options. And then, of course, you go after that and you say, okay, but who's next? Is that like all, all that and then it falls off? No. Waddle. Lamb, Amonra, Olave, Cooper, Gabe Davis, Pittman, Lazard. It goes on from there. Then a bit of a drop off, I guess. But honestly, wide receiver is absolutely loaded this week. You're going to want to make the most of it. We saw how much it can impact the slate last week. And if you got a spot here where you've got your guys that you like, stick with them. Even as one-offs or whatever it might be, they can still come through for you. But you saw last week with Devontae Adams absolutely crushed. If you had Mixon and Adams, you could have messed up everything else and still made money based on their scores alone. So if you look at this spot here, I think stick within your stacks and then on top of it, pick your one-offs that you like the most and have it set up so they can fall throughout your lineups because they make a lot, again, hard to make a case against any of these guys. They all look really good throughout the week. More information will come up, more thought process, see how the builds land, where we'll be off some of them in some cases, but mostly sticking with stacks for the expensive ones. If an expensive guy hits his ceiling, it's likely the quarterback comes long. Now, last week, you have a special scenario. I'll go back to it for two seconds while we're chatting out loud. But Derek Carr, what did he get? 18.36 fantasy points. I mean, he only really threw those two touchdowns to Devontae Adams. And then Devontae Adams picked up the bonus, all those catches, the PPR points. But typically what you'll see, I was going to say too, with Fields, wouldn't have mattered anyway because everyone had Fields for, you could put Fields naked without Mooney and Komet or just him with Komet and still fit Devontae Adams, so on and so forth, and make it work where you wouldn't need Derek Carr. But typically, when you have these guys go off, you're going to have their quarterback with them. Some of them get away with it. You know, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, talked a little bit about them. You can still go with them without. I'm just saying that's how I can, that can help you pick your pool and who you get more of based on who you're playing at quarterback. And then lastly, guys, talk about the tight end right quick is Kelsey. Already mentioned it earlier, but having him back on the slate, it's been two weeks now that we did not have Kelsey or Andrews because of different games, whether it was primetime games, London games, bye weeks, etc. And I should note real quick, this week we have another overseas game, not on the main slate, Seattle at Tampa Bay. So Seattle versus Tampa Bay, I should say it's overseas, Munich, I believe. And then the bye weeks, Baltimore, Cincy, New England, and New York Jets, all in the bye. So keep that in mind when you're going throughout. But just looking at tight end, Kelsey's back. You can play him at 7,800. Hawkinson looked like, he, you know, really strong workload for the first game in for Minnesota, but looks like they'll use him. Nine targets, caught all nine of them. You know, depth of target, not the best, but 70 yards overall. That's a quick 16 DraftKings points. And if he gets in the box, which I'm sure he will, that's a definite opportunity. He is quite a bit less 
than Kelsey at 5,300. So if you want to take on that shot, yes, they're going against Buffalo, but really that's kind of what Buffalo gives up is over that middle where they're protecting the outsides and they definitely are going to have to protect the outsides with Justin Jefferson out there. So also Buffalo's had sort of issues with injuries and the safety and sort of that stuff where you could just see Hawkinson chop him up over the middle. So don't hate that. Zach Ertz is there at 5,200. Just going back to him last week, eight targets still there, even with Hopkins back. The week before, everyone said, and myself included, you know, it seemed like it was down a little bit, kind of bounced back a little bit there last week. So uh, I believe he got a touchdown as well last week. Yeah, he did. So keep that in mind when you're looking throughout. There's a lot of cheap options again that you can go down to. Dolchich, Knox, Evan Ingram, Komet, all those guys. Moreau, we'll have to wait and see on Darren Waller. I thought he might come back last week. So maybe he's back this week as a different guy that you could go to. Uh, Fryermuth is back on the slate now against New Orleans. It's not a good matchup, but with the targets vacated from Chase Claypool moving on to Chicago in the trade, you could see where you know he gets involved more. So keep all that stuff in mind as we go throughout. Again, come back to this channel. Check us out on Friday. Myself, Pat Mayo, doing the DraftKings show. Always a good one. You'll want to check that out. Hit that like button down below. Hit that subscribe if you haven't already. You know where to find me on Twitter, at ToeTagandTambo. The tidbits will come out on Saturday. If you haven't heard of what those are before, you can check out my Twitter. It's just me taking all the interesting facts and stats and things I found from around the industry, from the free content or tweets people put out, screenshotting them, putting them all together, giving credit to where credit's due, listing them out in an easy format for you to read, and just go pick up some tidbits for the week and find out what you can see from them, put together some lineups based off them. It's just interesting information related to the slate for gambling, DFS, betting purposes. Hopefully you can find some value in it. Give me a retweet. It helps. That's sort of all I ask. People say, oh, you could charge for these, all that. I don't. Just give me a retweet. It helps support me. It gets it out there to other people. It helps me to continue continue to grow and build my following. So I do appreciate all of you that retweet. I do contests throughout the year, giving away plenty of free money and, and prizes throughout the way. So check me out on Twitter, at ToeTagandTambo. Find the rest of my content at RumPureSports.com. If you want to use the promo code there, it's RPSHEATER25 for the monthly 25% off your first month. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Good luck in all your Thursday night contests, and I'll see you guys back here next week.